I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind, and the business got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know, the street nerd has got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. Where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, Chris? Wakanda, Wakanda forever. forever. Yeah, on this show we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. You hear his voice? Chris Derrick's in the building. What to do? Chilling, man. I just, <laughs> I, I just had that table read last night, so nice. I'm excited about that film. Um, I'm really excited about it, and uh, yeah, I just, you know, I just, I got a few more people to talk to, and mm -hmm. then, uh, you know, there's some money people who are very interested, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited. It's, it's very exciting for me Dope. right now. I, w and I can't wait till we can pitch it. I know. On, on the thing, yeah. Badass. And then there's the show. The <clears> show was going great. Yeah. The show was going great. So awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah, I see you finally can post pictures of you in the writer's in the room. office. In the office, uh, and shit. I still can't tell you what the hell the show is yet. But uh, yeah, That's yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's all good. It's That's all good. what's up. So if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get into the show. So to get today, we got my big dude in the house, the OG from way back. How far are you going back, Charles? Way back. Right, <laughs> twenty and twenty twenty three. Yeah, uh, Charles Murray, everybody, executive producer, writer, director himself. What's going down, man? Welcome uh, to the show. Thank you. Uh, I know you've invited me a couple of times, and I've always been uh, busy, but here I am. God damn it. Okay, R A W. <laughs> it's good to have you, Charles. And then we got little bro Gino Brooks in the building. Writer, director himself. Baby, bro. He ain't okay, little. Look, sure. I know. Taller than everybody. I know. <laughs> Looking like big baby cousin and stuff. Gotta hit him with a chair if you want to <laughs> have a conversation. Shit. <laughs> What's up, everybody? It's your boy Gino Brooks, and I'm in a building. Uh -oh. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Indeed, yeah, indeed, yeah. Indeed. Always good to see you, Gino. Good person, man. Good time. Yeah, man. <laughs> hey, one thing I want to say about both of y'all in particular. Yeah. One thing I love about you, Charles, and one thing I love about you, Gino. Mm. Every time I see you, you're the same motherfucker. I don't think you've ever changed who you are, ever. And I always make a joke to you about some comment about that. He's very consistent. That's yeah. one thing I appreciate about you. Thank you. Um, that's, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I hate inconsistency, so I think it's yeah. a great thing. My mama and daddy. <laughs> they were the same person as long as I knew them. So. Exactly. <laughs> you too, Gina. I appreciate that about you too, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Actually, I feel like the the older you get, the uh, more mature. I mean, we all do. Yeah. But yours is like a different type of maturity. I see. I appreciate that. You know. Man. Hopefully, and, that's a good thing, right? No, no, it's a great thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I sense, you know, you becoming like a mentor to a lot of people too, which I think is a a really important place. Yeah. You know, like Charles, you know, you are mentor to all of us. Um, and, and he, many hates that, he hates that word, by the way. But I understand. That's fine. <laughs> but <laughs> I was going to say, he hasn't just become one. He's been one for a long time. Right. He didn't even probably didn't recognize it. But it yeah. just, it's obvious now is what I'm seeing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Listen, I'm here to I'm here to learn, <laughs> project, and accept, um, and enlighten as much as I possibly can. Right. So anything coming from y'all, <clears throat> Charles in particular, mm-hmm. uh, excited about it. Indeed. Um, but yeah, I, I'll say this if I can. Sure. Um, I don't take it lightly, you know. And what I've learned through being around y'all and, and Charles is is that. Um, you don't have to be um, anywhere in particular. You have something to share with somebody that's coming behind you that has less experience right. um, that can appreciate you. So um, I, I wear that and try my best to uh, make sure that that carries forward because, right. you know, this room is full of why I'm progressing. That's a, well, it's interesting you say that because if you've been in this for a short period of time you have learned something that will help someone who's new and it's new to someone like Mm -hmm. every day and i think that to help people not make the mistakes there's 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 a whole bunch of simple mistakes exactly that you can make that that could they're simple to avoid but if you don't avoid them then they can set you back for like a minute and i think it's important to be able to let people know what those are I mean, I, I think that's just, you know, like how we as black men, you know, can be, you know, just passing on like knowledge to, you know, like to people who are fresh to this game or just to, or, not, or not just this game, but in life, mm-hmm. because there's things that, you know, that we know that we've seen that we've seen the patterns of that we go, you're going to step into that trap and, right. yep. let's, and, and let's find a way, you know, so you can avoid that. Totally agree. Yeah, it's it's almost to the extent that I say. My mantra is to say, I can. I, my 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 hope is that I can shave some time off of your career with some of the mistakes that I've made mm-hmm. with the things that I can possibly share with you. So yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, that's a nice mantra. Um, I, Go ahead. I see it kind of in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you know each case is different because you can't teach everybody the same. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like. Yeah, one, one of the most influential people in my life, in my life, in my life's. I'll come back to <laughs> plural in my life. <laughs> uh, damn but, cat. Uh, yeah, you know, one of the it was my second grade teacher, mm. and everybody in, in my second grade class, a lot of them I still know. Mm. Uh, wow. They they you you know kids come at everything differently. Right. So if you've got 20 kids in the class, you're going to have 20 different perspectives. And what I noticed with her was every kid got her full attention according to the kids. So, you know, when it comes back to how you pass on knowledge, I think it's interesting that we don't forget uh, that sometimes people have to make mistakes. Right. Or else... You, you, or else you'll guide them now and they'll fuck up later. Mm. Right. Well, right, because mm. so, they need that, that, that failure to, to, to learn from. Yeah, because yeah. You, it, it has to rub up against something. You know, you're, you, the knowledge you're imparting to them has to rub up against something, their own fear, insecurity, mm-hmm. or mistake. And so... I always felt like a good teacher said says, I may have to tell this person this two or three times. I may have to tell this person mm-hmm. four or five times. I may have to just like let this person go. 
right? <laughs> you ain't gonna make it. <laughs> because if you learn in a bubble, if you if if somebody keeps getting, you got kids. You got kids? No. Okay. So first kid. You are always jumping in front mm-hmm. of and grabbing and right. don't do that. Mm-hmm. Come here. Right. And the second kid, oh, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it's just going to be a bump. He'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, right. You know. Roll Charlie around. He'll yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like Aunt Bunny. Exactly. Uh, and, 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 but you know that after that kid makes that mistake, you mm-hmm. can say, hey, here's why you shouldn't do that. Now they've got something to put it up against, right. you know, to compare it. So I think like sometimes as brothers, you have to know that as you're imparting information, this isn't going to be the only time. This isn't going to be um, a particular uh, quick investment of right. here's why you shouldn't do that. Yeah. I like that yeah. because what, one of the things that you just hit on. Not that, countering what you're saying, but. No, no, I, I, no, I, I think, well, I'll just say this. A lot of times people come to me and ask me questions about stuff mm-hmm. after they've made a mistake. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah. how do I get out of this? And I'm right. like, well, you know, <laughs> okay, now that you've learned this, here's how you can. But here's the problem. Sometimes it's, it doesn't, when, if someone approaches you with how do I get out of this, your question should be, how did you get into right. it? Well, I always ask that. I always say, okay, right. yeah. like like the steps that got you here, because mm-hmm. that's yeah. that, that's going to help me, that's going to inform me on how to talk to you, yeah. you know, because there's, I mean, because yeah, because there's always that like immediate reaction, do this, do this, do this, but then it's like, but wait a minute, you might have done X, Y, and Z to get here that I need to know about that's going right. to shape how I'm going to talk yeah. to you. You might be leaving out the fuck up. <laughs> well, people do all the time, right. yeah. all the time. No, what, what, like, tell me how you got into this. Well... I as soon as you hear that, 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 that well with three L's. Let me let me put the blame over there yeah, first. Right. Yeah, so. I, was, I was just thinking about, because um, all of us, you know, um, have done some sort of teaching, instructing, whatever you want to call it, mentoring. I know you hate the word in some way. Um, I was thinking about one of the things that occurs to me is, and something that you just hit on, which I actually really love, is <clears throat> sometimes you're giving somebody some game on something. And you know they're not ready for it, kind of where you was going, I think. Mm-hmm. And yet and still, you give them the information knowing they won't be able to take it in. Right. So what I have found, playing off of what you were talking about, Charles, was sometimes I'll give them the information because I just want them to, to know it. They're not going to take it in because it took you three times to figure it out, too, what you were saying. Some people take two, three, four, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'll give them the information just so that they are aware, just so they could get into the the thick of whatever the thing is and be like, mm-hmm. oh, this feels familiar to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Hilliard said this to me. I don't know what to do here, mm-hmm. but at least I know that I'm, I'm here and I'm going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. That's more so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I, I, I believe, and I, you know, I'm agnostic, but mm-hmm. you know, my mother raised me in the church. I thought the interesting thing is the Bible is full of well, you fucked up now. <laughs> <laughs> now what you gonna do? Well, you fucked up now. Now what you gonna do? Like right. over yes. and over. Yeah. You know, yeah. and if you think about it, like <clears throat> Jesus had to talk to his disciples mm-hmm. over and over again. Right. It wasn't like they got it. And he was, you know, the coolest dude on the planet. Yeah. 
and they saw him do miracles and all that other kind of stuff. And he still had to say, hey, dummy, <laughs> here's why you shouldn't do that. Right. You know, right. because, I, I, again, I believe that in our fears, we we only want to get ourselves to safety. So if I give you information while you're trying to get to safety, if I say to you while you're drowning, grab this. Right. And you grab it and I pull you out and you're mm-hmm. like, woo, right. nine times out of 10, I'm gonna have to throw that to you again. As I'm throwing it, if I go, why didn't you learn how to swim? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I don't wanna hear that right now, I'm drowning. <laughs> they'll, right. they'll express right. where their mindset is. Mm-hmm. You know, So I think one of, the th- one of the things that I used to do, I don't, I don't do it anymore, but like if I met someone and they came to me for advice, mm-hmm. I needed something from them. Mm. And I needed something that they valued. Like mm-hmm. I would take, like, this is gonna sound crazy, sure, sure, sure. but mm. I would take your watch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing, but I get it. You, you, I get where you're going. Because yes. for if you really want that information, okay. it's more, it's worth more than that watch will ever be worth. Mm. But if you give me something, now you're going to be alert. Right. You know, right. like one time I took this woman's earrings <laughs> and she was like, I don't know why it's all of that. And I said, she handed them over to you, right? Yeah, she okay. did. Okay. Yeah, I, didn't snatch them <laughs> I just wanted to clear. I wanted to clear. He was in the blood. I people down. to understand. Yeah. 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 I didn't, he, he was re-gifting and stuff. Okay. <laughs> I didn't go back to my Gary days <laughs> right. and like, you know, break yourself. Uh, <laughs> no, but I said, put them in my hand. Wow, and and she was like, well, I don't understand how. You, and I said, you're the one who picked up the phone to call me. Mm. You're the one that needs life altering information. Mm. I need to make sure that you'll get it. Yeah. And she came back a year later and said, it was weird that mm. you asked for that, but I never forgot it because I had to give up something. I love that. I Most people want. don't have <laughs> to give up information mm-hmm. or give up something of value to get information that's going to change their lives. Right. And that's where we kind of get caught up, that people don't value the information after they, because when you make the mistake, yourself, your ego is dealing with self and how you can save it. Right. When you get the information, it only pertains to what you're trying to get yourself out of. Right. The information that we pass around that has been passed to me mm-hmm sitting across from David Milch, sitting across from Kurt Sutter, sitting across from John Wells. It, every time they gave me that information, my mm-hmm. job was at stake. <clears throat> so if there's nothing at stake other than the thing that's in the moment, love it. that's why you have to keep coming back to those people. So mm-hmm. you have to understand the value of the information you pass. Mm. Man, I'm getting some game no, today. Well, so, but, okay, but it's fa- it's, this is fascinating. <laughs> you know, like, I love this because it's like, we were talking earlier off mic um, uh, about money, you mm-hmm. know, and it's kind of like, pe- you know, like people would rather, I mean, it's like if you were charging people money for advice, they would be hesitant to give you that money. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, if you're like, well, it's a hundred dollars to talk to me today, a hundred dollars might mm-hmm. seem like a lot, but it's like the true value of that information that they're going to get from you. Could be worth a thousand dollars. Could be worth a hundred thousand right, dollars. Right. You know, it could be worth your life. It could be could be worth your life. I mean, it's a lot that can happen. I think yeah. there's 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 this uh this inverse this inverse priority put on these kind of these items that are in front of us and not recognizing the value of you know um, the information. You know, 
Um, no, that's that, no, that's great. That's, yeah, I, I, but I, you know, I also know. I always consider like my career to be like a growing library. Like mm. I start to collect more information that then it, the information gets me to a different place. And every time it gets me to a different place, do I need that information anymore? Myself. Right. And. So you store shit. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's like there are things that I, even as an executive producer, I'm going to need to go back to my staff writer days and say, hey, that don't forget that because mm. that was the foundation. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, as I'm building this library, I don't want to be a closed library. Right. You know, I want to share information. Don't y'all try to find me or call me. <laughs> but I will pass on information if I think that the person's ready to receive it because yeah. it's important that I pass that information on because right. that's how I got to where I am right. because someone passed information on. But what I had to realize is, you, you know, you, you, you can't cast your pearls before swine. Okay. And I know that certain people are going to be like, well, what is he saying? And I'm, I'm going to be very clear Tell about it. Tell the kid. It, Tell him. That a lot of times <clears throat> when you think that something will change your life, and you think if you get the answer from a person, one person, mm -hmm. and that answer doesn't match up, part of the journey is finding the answer to the question. And that means putting in the effort. That right. means going to different people and hearing different things and learning different ways to see. Mm. So as a person who passes the information on, I have to understand that a person is going to have to go through that process. Mm. Otherwise, I'm not being of service to them. Thanks. You know, mm -hmm. if I don't like you, mm -hmm. I should not give you information unless I'm going through a cleanse of myself and saying I need to get past myself to give this person information. Therefore, I've learned something and that person's learned something. Learning mm -hmm. is a constant process of self-evaluation mm -hmm. and looking at the grander scheme of things in a way that it, it not only benefits you, but it will benefit all that are to your left and to your right and who are behind you. Does that does that play into, like, I talk about this all the time. I mean, I have a good career, but it's not great, you know, to where I want we, it to we, be. We're not doing that, though. Hold on, let me explain. Let me explain okay. my point. Mm -hmm. What I mean is, but still, I appreciate at 50, about mm -hmm. to be 51, mm -hmm. what I know now. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Like, there's a little part of me. I don't have any, like, um, 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 like I'm not, like, feeling like, uh, 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 what's the word when you don't like the thing you have? Regret. I, I'm not regretful mm -hmm. about, like, not being where some of our other friends are or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm more like, but now I'm in positions mm -hmm. now, mm -hmm. you know, when I'm in rooms where they see me as that guy. Yep. You mm -hmm. know, so that has been... I wasn't there 15 years ago. None mm -hmm. of us were. Who mm -hmm. Charles was. But you know what I mean? Right. So, <laughs> with his OG yeah, okay. self. Yeah. He ain't but 19, but y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but I appreciate it now and feel like when my door is open in that way completely, yeah. where I am now is so much more ready for it that I appreciate it so much more because I've been storing mm -hmm. what you're saying. Yeah. Now, I love how you explain it. I'm not explaining it as good, mm -hmm. but I'm receiving that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Go ahead, well, I, oh, go ahead. I just wanted to show um, 
to the point because I don't want to get too far from it because it might not connect. He said he takes things from people. Right. I don't know if he remembers this, but I carry this. I carry this with me everywhere I go. It's been in my car. What I got my that? car stolen. That was the <laughs> one thing I was able to retrieve. Huh. And I don't know if you remember this, Charles. No, yeah. But it's describe it to the. Business. It's a five dollar bill. Mm-hmm. That's all I had mm-hmm. on me at the time. Mm-hmm. He said, "Give me something," and I reached in my pocket. That was my only five dollars at mm-hmm. the time, or only money at the time. He took it from me and ripped it up. Tore it up. Wow. Tried, you trying to get a brother teary out and shit? No, I just, I mean, because I, I, I don't, this is many years ago. I don't mm-hmm. know if he remembers this. But I've torn up a lot of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> from a lot of people. But, <laughs> but for me, right. that, you know, this thing continues to go with me. It'll probably be in my, my office when I get office like Chris has. Um, but he's, you know, it's proven to the point that he said he takes things from people yeah. for in, in exchange for information if they're ready for it. So I love it. So how long ago was that? This had to be <clears throat> at least five years. See what I'm saying? Yeah. At least, yeah. There, there's there's a connection to mm-hmm. this. It, when you think of the 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 myth of Buddha being mm-hmm. at the top of the mountain, right? What people don't take into consideration is that you have to climb that mountain to get the Buddha. You have to sacrifice something to right. get to that knowledge. Right. Nowadays, people think that knowledge is just available everywhere. Mm-hmm. And when they ingest it, they haven't put value to it because it's readily available. Right. Oh, for sure. Right. For sure. Like mm-hmm. so many people feel there's so much information <laughs> at their fingertips, on their phone, on their laptop, whatever it is, because it's, yep. it's there the way with society is. Right. But I look at that as like, that's just information. And like knowledge to me is like how you know how to like leverage that information right. to help you. And that, and to be able to leverage it, you have to go through something. Right. You know, you have, because cause otherwise you're just dead. It's just, that doesn't mean anything to you. Right. You know, it's like, you know, like I love reading, like Carl, Carl Seaton and I were talking about this new book called The Laws of Human Nature that Robert mm-hmm. Greene wrote. This is last summer. And it's like, I love reading this guy's books because he, takes all these historical events and shapes them around a concept that means something to us now, mm. you know? And it's really fascinating because you read it and you go, okay, what is he trying to, what is he really trying to say here? You know, and it's like, the, and the more you, that you age in life, those events that he's telling, that he's, he's relating, they mean more to you. They're not just a story, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, oh, this is like how I need to think operate behave in in some manner that's coming at me right, right. now or how to treat someone you know the right way right. you know who's you know because there's so many things that just come at us that are now they just like bombard us i mean you scan through whatever it is instagram people post people just posting phrases just mm-hmm. boom 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 and it's right. interesting but it's like what does that mean to you like five months from now or two right. years from now if you remembered it right. you know and that's all about how you like take the events of life and deal with them. You know, I, I think what you're saying, Charles, about stuff from the, your staff writer days, stuff you remember from them is great to say, okay, I need to remember all those things. So so now when I'm the, the EP and I'm running the show, I need to remember. Because like, you meet people sometimes and they you ask them about, you know, because I remember I was asking someone about something that's going on for me, you know, in my first season, the first season, and they were like, I don't remember. And I was like, 
<laughs> Why right. do you not remember? You yeah, want to do crazy. this? You know what this is about. Yeah, you know what crazy. this is about. I need just like like one thing, you right. know. And I talked with Joe Wilson, and he told me something, and, and he was like, "Just pop champagne, you're good." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> but that's Joe's. It's Joe. Exactly. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. But it was good. No, but I Joe know. Wilson, if you're out there, we understand that you pop champagne for everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, but 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 he's no, going to pop champagne yeah, because exactly. he heard his name. Yeah. <laughs> but he told me something that was so like spot on. And he was like, "Don't worry, just do it." And I was like, "Okay." But 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 I appreciate that he, that I was like, "Look, it's been like 18 years since you've been a staff writer." Mm-hmm. But he knew exactly what I was going through at the moment, and he was like, "Okay, this is how you just handle it." And I thought it was. But I asked two other people, and mm-hmm. and they were like, "Well, well," I mean, their responses were kind of like they forgot. Right, and to me, what makes you a good EP is that when you talk to a staff writer, you remember what it was like to be a staff writer. You remember what it was like to be a story editor. You, all of those transitions had to happen. And where I think a lot of people get into trouble on the higher end um, of this business is you forget what you had to go through. And you, and so, you have more intimate knowledge of something than the people who are behind you. Right. And if you don't remember that, that's why you're always finding fault with the people who are behind you. Mm. You know. Uh, yeah, that's some game. That's a t-shirt right there. And, and, <laughs> and you just you end up becoming um, kind of like the antagonist in your own story. Mm. You know, the protagonist realizes, yo, I had to do what I had to do to climb over the hill. The antagonist goes, I'm over the hill. Right. And now I want more. Right. You know, and that's why I like part of the reason that I that I, you know, do what I do with money mm-hmm. is not because I want to like, you know, like I, I, I tell people. Take out what you got. If they got a dollar, mm-hmm. tear it up. And, they, and if they won't tear it up, I tell I tell them that's a mindset. Mm. And the mindset is way more important than the money. Because right. you're the commodity. Right. You know, most people like look at themselves as if I could do X, I'll get the money. If you do X, the money will come to you. Right. So you have to understand that you have dominion over money. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. and so like if you look at the way people move, <clears throat> the reason that credit cards and and direct deposit work for the bigger corporations, the bigger businesses, mm-hmm. is because it teaches you how not to value mm-hmm. the money. Okay. But it doesn't teach you how to value yourself. Right. So it's a it's a lose lose, yeah. right? So once you understand, like I always hold up in the classroom, if I go in the classroom, I hold up a piece of white paper and I hold up 20 bucks. And I say to to writers, I Mm -hmm. should say, be more specific, which one is more valuable? And to the people who go, well, at $20, <laughs> I'm like, you're so fucking wrong. Exactly. Because whatever you put on this mm-hmm. white piece of paper will get you a lot of these right. if you do it right. right. If you hold on to this 20 or you spend it wrong or you don't invest it, it gets you nothing. Right. 
but mental heartbreak, mental dis-ease, right. right? So when you start thinking about this word that I hate so much, uh, and I'll go into why I don't yeah, like please it. Yeah, please do. Uh, I, I feel like I feel like people don't study words anymore. Yeah. And I feel like people hear a word and then they put it in their vocabulary yeah. and very seldomly look up a word. Yeah. Dive into the meaning of a word. And so when someone says mentor, what they really mean is protector. Mm. You can protect me from. Right. I can't protect you from what mm-hmm. you're going to fucking go through. Mm-hmm. I can advise you. Yeah. You know, yeah. I can, but you will get more from me if I look at you with equal value than if I look at you as a pass by. Mm. And most people don't understand that a, a getting a mentorship means it'll eventually come to an end. And they keep pushing and pushing and pushing, and they think they can extend it right. because they're 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 fucking up the word mentor with friend. Mm. I can be your mentor and never have to be your friend. Right. I can be your friend and be your mentor and more. Right, yeah. but still that mountain uh, acquaintanceship, mm-hmm. friendliness, friend, mm-hmm. brother, family. You have to ascend. You can't just dive in because I gave you a few choice words and say, that's my man, (laughs) you know, and that's where people get it mixed up. So I stay away from the word and he'll tell you, we've had like long conversations about this. Mm -hmm. You would rather have me as a friend than a mentor because that will eventually come to an end. If, If I consider you a friend, no matter what our ups and downs, we're going to come back to a center place. Don't reach out. <laughs> Don't try to find. So, so it's interesting. You know what? I'll That's play. really dope because there was a there's a movie. You're always I the saw. same, Charles. I love you. <laughs> this is and this is one of my favorite. It's a favorite thing from a movie. It's an old Orson Welles movie. I want to say it's the confi- many of them. The th- I, I think it's the Confidential Report. But he's telling him about this dream that he had, and he was like, he's walking through <clears throat> a graveyard. And and like and the dates on everyone's thing is like you know it's like it's like it's nineteen ten to nineteen fifteen or nineteen fifteen to nineteen forty, and he's and then the and he finally meets the, the grave digger, and he goes, so 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 we don't mark like the years of someone's life and death on their grave, we mark the time they've been someone's friend, mm-hmm. you know. And I was like, yeah, see, that's dope because if you, I mean, th- th- that's more important than being the mentor. Because yeah. if you're a friend, mm-hmm. there's so much that you are going to give someone, and that you you mean there's that there's a different kind of like relationship that if you're someone's friend, right. and if that friendship is strong, and what that doing <laughs> means that is above and beyond being someone's mentor. Right. right but know? going back to the money, mm-hmm. going back to the advice, people don't value the word friend. Mm-hmm. Right. People use friend as a shortcut. Right. They don't actually put in the time. I, I I like to add on to that. I think when you hear what I learned in in my experience is that people are when they think mentorship, they're thinking that that allows them access to your environment, to your knowledge, to the things that you're going through, um, mm-hmm. with everything privy to things that may benefit them, possibly career choices. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as advice, <coughs> career, career opportunities. 
um, to bring you around to see what you do, learn from you, and apply it to the, their situation. And I think friends, that word to people in the industry I'm referring to, sure. I think they think that believes, yeah, we're friends, we can hang out, but it doesn't, it doesn't get me anything, have me get, allow me access to the thing that I'm chasing or that, uh, the path that I'm on. Um, much, but they'll use it. They'll use that yeah. word, right? Mm-hmm. Even if they have that emotional feeling, mm-hmm. I I can't <laughs> tell you how many times I've someone said, "Oh, I heard so and so is your friend." I'm like, I don't even know that person. <laughs> <laughs> or I've heard, I've seen people get mad when I say we're acquaintances, mm. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, don't I have some say so mm-hmm. in this? He used mm-hmm. to tell me that too. But I thought we were friends. <laughs> No. <laughs> and I'm doing you a favor by yeah. telling you that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> you know, uh, and, and something else about, here's another <laughs> thing I think about mentorship. Every time you open a book and you learn something from it, that mm. person was your mentor. Mm. Yeah. For sure. That's game. Okay. Yeah. That's exactly. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You never have to meet them. Right. <laughs> you never have to interact with them. Right. Steven Spielberg has taught me more game. And I don't know. <clears throat> I ain't never met nobody that knows him. <laughs> right. I take that back. <laughs> but never saying, yo, you know what I really love to do? Man, right. if I could just meet Steven Spielberg. Right. You hear that all the time sure. because people are desirous of getting to a place. We're all desirous of getting to a place, like what you said about your career. Mm-hmm. You're, you're putting your career in uh, up against other people. You should never do that, mm-hmm. right? But let me take it back. You can use other people to see how your progress is, but you should never put your career up against anyone else's if it's going to make you feel less than. For sure. But I can learn, I've learned conversations with Scorsese, Richard Schickel wrote it, conversations Mm -hmm. with Billy Wilder. Who wrote that? Kevin Crow. uh, this is what I love about y'all. Did I, 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 I tell you the story about Billy Wilder? Did I tell you that like <laughs> I had met him and I was and I was talking to him about doing some interviews and we were getting ready to film some stuff and he's like, I can't because I'm doing this thing with Cameron Crowe. Mm. And then and I was like, but 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 he's just recording you. I want to get you on tape. And he's like, I'm tired right now. I'm, he's like 94. I'm old. You know. And I was like, fuck fuck. And uh, yeah, but you know, but if but. People have learned from those books. Of, of, Truefoe, Hitchcock. A, People have learned. A great amount. That's mentorship. Right. Mentorship is the is the giving of advice that can help you advance your career. You don't have to interact with someone to get that. True. Well, True. yeah, because think about it, right? So many filmmakers, writers, cinematographers, whatever the fuck it is, don't write those books. Don't do those interviews. Don't do all that shit. You know that you know to teach what they know. And it's like, so there's a difference. I mean, like someone who's gonna sit down and do that time to talk to you about the craft that you're interested in pursuing, they're giving you information that they don't necessarily have to do. There's a sense of generosity in that that they're doing. You know, because I remember when I was at UC one time, and I was doing this cinematography thing, and Conrad Hall, the father, was there, and he was talking about this is how you can light a room, this is how you can light a room with one light, so you can do all this mm-hmm. kind of cool shit. And I was like. This is the coolest thing I've been at, having someone talk about cinematography, because he didn't care. He wasn't worried about people stealing from him. Mm-hmm. He already cemented who he was like 40 years ago, 50 years ago, whatever it was. And I was like, and, but, but he's telling you stuff that 
is that is born from this long period of his career where there's techniques that people don't even really do anymore, mm -hmm. but it could help you if you knew this one little thing. I was like, this is genius. Right. You know? But however, I heard that from him and I never met him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I read it in interviews. Mm. I, but I do deep dives. Right. I, uh, John Alton, who is the yeah. father of noir, although it's debatable because there's another DP named Nick Muzaraka right. who used to who did Cat People, so it's a toss up <clears> between <throat> two of those guys. But John Alton wrote a book called Painting with Light mm -hmm. in 1940. I just ordered it like three months yeah, ago. Wow. So what I'm saying is, if if you if you open your point of view to understand that there is information that you need out there. If you stop thinking that it has to come a certain way, mm -hmm. you'll get that information. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. It's like if you go to hell, if you go to Book Soup, which is like one of the few bookstores that are still open, you know, R.I.P. Samuel French. Mm -hmm. But I learned how to write a screenplay by going to a bookstore and getting a book that had actual screenplays yeah. in it as opposed to annotated screenplays. Mm -hmm. But you have to know that there is a journey. You have to know that there is a, that there's a whole hell of a lot that you have to do to get to the place that you want to be. Other people cannot go on that journey with you the mm -hmm. full way unless they're like just absolutely invested in you in that regard. Yeah. But even those people can't provide you with all of the information you need. And if you want the information, how fucking bad do you want the information? That's that's what it comes down to. And so I've had people in my life who have been absolutely phenomenal for a time, for a moment, for a distance. But I never stopped and says, oh, that's my mentor. Yeah. Because that wasn't a conversation that we had. Right, right. Interesting. You got to have that conversation. Like, mm -hmm. just like the word friend. You got to sit down and say, I believe we're friends. Do you believe we're friends? Yeah. It's the, again, it's the affiliation, though. <clears throat> I know it's the affiliation. Yeah. But see, here's the problem with the yeah. affiliation. The affiliation is due to self mm -hmm. and ego. Agreed. No, totally, so totally. you got to understand where your ego has its frailties and has its weak spots mm -hmm. to know why you need to be friends with that one person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Again, mm -hmm. going back to the Bible, this is my favorite, mm -hmm. favorite passage of the Bible. Jesus is walking through a group of people mm -hmm. and that woman who was bleeding. Right. She said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, that's what this town is. A lot right. of people just want to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. And they don't understand <laughs> that they already yeah, have the information. Right. Yep. They yep. don't know that they already have access to the power. Yep. It just doesn't have to come from what you think it has to yep. come from. My career did not happen in any shape, form, or fashion the way I thought it was going to happen. Let's talk about that a little bit, if you don't mind. Just going back a little bit, like... Yeah, where, I, where are you from, and how you got into the game in the first place? I'm from, uh, I'm, and I'm going to punch you, dude. <laughs> I'm letting you know. 
soon as you, if you try to crack, I'm gonna punch you because you know you Chicago dudes oh, are. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. pull it in. So I'm from Gary, Indiana. Right. Oh, y'all yeah, got a rival? No, they don't even call it a rivalry. They yeah. go, y'all want to be like y'all want to be Chicago it, people. Right. I'll do it for you. There you go. It's like it's, it's like almost if somebody if somebody in Chicago is not in the room, they six six out of ten will probably say they're from Chicago. I get it. I get it. Like I'm yeah. from. I grew up in you know East Palo Alto, but everybody's yeah. like, oh, you from Oakland. I think I ain't from Oakland. I'm from, you know, it's like, EPA. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, you know, latchkey kid who uh, used to come home and just watch TV all day. Mm. You know, uh, you want to come out and play? Nah, there's something on TV to watch. And so, at a, eventually, you know, growing up in uh, a turbulent household, mm-hmm. everything on TV seems gravy. And I was like, well, how do I give me a piece of that. Mm. So at 11, 12, I did the, what I figured every other kid did. I, we had a bookmobile and bookmobile landed on the corner and I got on one day and I asked the librarian, I was like, hey, um, do you have any books on how to make television? Mm. And she said, not on the bookmobile, but I'll bring you some. Mm. And that was it. And I turned, you know, got some books, read up on it, and I said to What's my mother, "What's here? a bookmobile?" Yeah, yeah you gotta explain that. <laughs> Sorry, I know what it is. I know what it is. But I'm gonna say, you explain it to some people. Bookmobile is a traveling library. It's a library on wheels. Okay, it's like a van. It's it's, it's like a van. Or Before a there was a car, there was a horse and buggy. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. And there's books on there from all, right. all different subjects to a certain degree. Yeah. And, and it was basically kind of it's like an outreach program to get to improve literacy, oh. which it didn't do. Okay, in certain <laughs> places. Got that. Okay. I.E. Chicago. No, just Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> but in Gary, everybody was reading. Everybody, yeah, exactly. Right, right. You're selling crack. Reading, <laughs> folding into the GDs. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, so I told my mother, I said, this is what I want to do. Mm. And she was like, good luck, because I have no idea. Think about right. this. Mm. Have the same conversation. <laughs> I have no idea how to do what you want to do. And mm. I said, don't worry about it. I'll figure it out. Mm. Now, from it took me from 12 to 35. Mm-hmm. Took me a lot of mistakes. You know, and there are several days where I've been like, man, if I had known X, think of where I could be. Right. But mm-hmm. I also know that if I had learned X, maybe my career would have been within the span. I didn't get that was, started. That was part until, of my point I was saying earlier. Exactly. 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 Yeah. yeah. I didn't get started <clears throat> until I was 35. Mm. So I'm 56 now. Right. Maybe if I had started at 23, my career would have ended when I was 40. Mm. You know, because that's why I'm saying you can do the Marvel Comics, what if, mm-hmm. but you have to think of all of the things that could go wrong in that what if right. as well. True. Well, you know? th- that's that's the thing, that, that, you know, I was talking with um, Latoya Morgan a couple of weeks ago. Ah, just, homie. Just back and forth on Twitter. I love you, Latoya. There's a movie yes, that everybody should watch. It's called, <laughs> it's called Overnight. Hmm. And it's on what? I don't know where it is, but like I have Overnight. it on, on video somewhere, okay. but it's called Overnight. What's a video? Can you explain that to us? <laughs> yeah, what's that, Gino? <laughs> <laughs> 
Is it on VHS? Can you explain what that is, <laughs> yes, or is I it Betamax? It's actually on Betamax. Uh, I had a super beta until. Oh, so it's an older movie. No, no. Okay, okay. So, th- so there's a movie that most people know is called Boondock Saints, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And the movie oh, it's called the Making. Yeah, and the ma- and and overnight is the making of Boondock Saints, which is actually it's excellent, excellent it's movie. And it's a movie. It's a documentary about the guy mm-hmm. named Troy Duffy who made this movie, but it but it chronicles what was happening in his life with the kind of like like the rise to fame and the, and the meteoric kind of like and, and all the like outlier shit that happened to him like the Weinsteins like they bought him the bar that he was working at and he just got and, and, and you see this guy become kind of this monster mm. on screen and all his friends are recording this and you see this guy he gets this he gets the brass ring sometime in his mid-twenties or something like that mm-hmm. but he flames the fuck out there's nothing. He's, there's, we, I mean, yeah, they did a blame, uh, like a Boondock sequel, but 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 the but the energy around that movie before it came out and around him and everything like that, you would think this guy was going to be like the next like Spielberg type. The first of, like, Tarantino. The first Tarantino. Mm. All this kind of stuff. It didn't happen, mm. and it's like this guy's career totally. He totally self sabotaged it. Well, which isn't due to due to age. It's just due to knowledge, and it's due to. An experience of being, right. you can't be a gladiator in a coliseum full of gladiators. It's your first time in the coliseum <clears throat> and think that you're going to be Maximus. Right. right, you're not going to be. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and the, the other reason I was I was kind of rebutting mm-hmm. is you can never take away the fact that we as black people can sit and look at someone else's career that's white and know that we'll never get the chance to have that career. It's not that it's not that you can't have that career. Mm-hmm. It's like up until recently and still recently, I think that we're still in a sort a certain cubbyhole that the studio system is putting us in. Mm-hmm. But it's <clears throat> it's faulty to compare your career to someone else's in a in a in a town of opinions and subjectiveness for sure for sure Over a, 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 so if if then I'm not talking about boondock saints I'm just talking about when you're looking for advice I'm just bringing this all back sure, to sure. how you're looking for advice and how you're looking for mentorship and how you're looking to to make to create a relationship with someone that if you're driven by, if I was driven by trying to have a, 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 a career like J.J. Abrams right now, mm-hmm. I can name you seven people that <clears throat> are in the four, 300 to $400 million territory. Right. Only two of them that are black. Hmm. And I'm saying four that I know off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So to to try to say to myself, I can say to myself, I hope to attain what J.J. has. Mm -hmm. But to look at J.J.'s career and go, man, how come I can't get there? Well, you got to start having the basic conversations before you start having the career conversations. And a lot of times people don't want to have the basic conversations of what is actually going on. The politic of being in this business, of being black and being in this business. All of that comes into play before you start beating yourself up or looking at yourself a certain way in terms of like, are you failing? Are you behind? Are you, 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So absolutely. Exactly. I, I mean, because you know, there's a guy. It's interesting that you bring that up. Is a is a uh, James Gunn's Suicide Squad is coming out. You know, mm-hmm. like a couple months, whatever, a couple weeks. You know, he got taken down and kicked off of the Disney thing, the Marvel thing, because of some tweets that he made. Mm-hmm. Now. If you were black, I don't know if you'd come back the same way. You know, like, like that's just an. I, I mean, I mean, look, that, that's a high class problem. Right. You're doing a big franchise, you get kicked off because of some tweets you made five or six years ago, and they didn't want you around, and and then you land on another huge franchise. Like that's the kind of thing. I mean, that, that's a, you know, I mean, that's an extreme version of what you're talking about. You know, that's that. It, but it's not that extreme. It's not so that that's extreme. The, that's the but, thing. Yeah, that but people need to understand see, that. What. What we read in the trades is only the tip of the iceberg sure. of simple expounding upon relationships that exist that we don't get, we aren't privy to. Right. Because he got kicked off, he went off to do Suicide Squad, and now he's coming back around to do what? Oh, he, oh, that's what he's doing. Suicide Squad. Yeah, he got kicked off the uh, off the Guardians. Exactly. Yeah. Well, what is he doing after Suicide Squad? I don't know. I, I don't... Guardians. Oh, he is yes. really. Exactly. <laughs> so that's relationships wow. at play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And plus, right? they're like, "Well, you and made us a hundred million, two hundred million dollars, so maybe." Exactly, but 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 again, when you start thinking about your career, it, and you start thinking about the different levels of what your career is, you have to think about the different levels of relationships that you have. Right. Yeah. And if if you don't understand, if two broke ass people are talking to each other about being rich, <laughs> mm-hmm. and n- neither one of them have a plan, right. <coughs> how are they gonna get rich? Right. But if you see it, I love when people say, "My children, the first president they saw was black." Yep. Mm. That expanded the consciousness. Good point. Right. Mm-hmm. When, when we talk about Shonda and Kenya, that expands the consciousness. Right. When we talk about Tyler, that expands the consciousness because now we're talking about people who are billionaires doing what we want to do. Yep. So you understand that that relationship can be built as a black person. Mm. But we're still talking about three people right. as opposed to JJ, Greg Berlanti, Ryan mm-hmm. Murphy. Right. Uh, Howard Gordon, mm-hmm. Warren Littlefield, you, mm-hmm. you, uh, Peter Turner. You, I could just keep, keep going. going. People, you know, <laughs> right? exactly. So <clears throat> when you start thinking about this business, be it screenwriting, right. be it producing, be it directing, or whatever, if you have, on, if you, the only pool you have to play in says colored only, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you can't be successful. Doesn't mean you can't learn how to swim. Right. But if you know swimming in that colored only pool, they're saying you can't come to the Olympics. <laughs> no matter how good you get, yeah. that's going to make your mind work a certain way where you think like, okay, well, I don't need to be a precision swimmer. But once you see that first black person in the Olympics, yeah. I, I don't care if I'm only in the colored pool. Yeah. You know, so when you start looking at how to get to success in this business, you have to have the real conversations as in addition to the conversations about your craft. Mm-hmm. That's where people kind of keep getting it twisted right. up. Right. And, and once you start having those conversations, you start knowing how to navigate. You look at the late 80s and you see like, okay, well, there was a movie run that black folks had mm-hmm. and then it 
dried up. In the nineties, there was a movie run that people and a TV run, <laughs> right? And it dried up. Why did it dry up? Right. Well, CW brought on black shows to get the black audience, and then once they started getting the white audience, they didn't need those shows. Yep. UPN, same thing. Yep. And then what happens? The uh, UPN. Oh, and the WB. That's what it was. Yeah, they, yeah. And the WB merge, merge, and they become the CW. Right. Right. And then you look at the run of the CW, and we're just now getting black that one. <laughs> but we're supposed to be grateful for that. Right. We're supposed to see that as progress. Right, yeah. But we're not understanding that there are so many conversations and relationships going on behind that, mm-hmm. that even to get to the black Batwoman, how many years does that take? Because all of the conversations are the conversations that they've been having. Right. And the ones that they've been having are about them as a group, or about them as a people, or about them in relationships that they understand and have mm-hmm. nourished. And then they decide to become, what do you call it, mentors. Mm-hmm. Decide to become people who want to lend a helping hand. Well, you get to take the time to do that. Now, we got to rush, 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 rush to catch up with you mm-hmm. offering a helping hand. Mm-hmm. Y'all had 100 years of failure. <laughs> Not 100 years of success. Mm-hmm. Because when you have success, you have failure. They had 100 years of failing mm-hmm. to figure things out. And now we read the trades, hear other people talk, hear the truncated versions of conversations, mm-hmm. and we think it's all about success, 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 success. So then it makes us look at mentorship and friendship in a, in a very skewed way. See how I brought it back? Good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because now all I need are the good bits. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, you might fail at this. Oh, I can't talk to you. Right. Hey, I got a problem. <laughs> well, 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 see, no. well, it's interesting because it's like I, 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 you know, the tough conversations to have with someone about you. You know what? I like you, but I think you might fail with this. It's a tough conversation to have with people like. But why? You know, well, I'm, I mean, I'm, I mean, it's not for me. But I think, I, but I, I, I think people are so, like you said, about their ego. They want to be in the position where they're constantly hearing about. You know, um, uh, I, th- I think they, ju- you know, it's it's like everything in the media it, ab- ab- it, that's it. about the industry. They just want to hear the success yeah. stories. Yep. They don't mm-hmm. want to hear the failure. They don't want to like see, oh my God, like like uh, like like I could fail. Yeah, it's microwave fame. I, mm. I mean, but it's like, hey, you know, that's a teacher. <laughs> every failure you have, if mm-hmm. you learn from it, is actually successful knowledge. If you if you get a failure and don't learn from it, mm-hmm. that's the true failure. Right. You know, and the thing about success is, particularly in business, particularly like in, in this business, it's hard to learn from success because you don't necessarily know why it happened. You know, and the reason why, and even the successful yes, people don't even, yeah, know they why. don't know. True, you know, and the reason why is because no one can replicate it. They try, but the sequels and bullshit like that, and, and everything it is. Oh, let's do the, let's, let's do like Die Hard in the Bus. Oh, you know, where there's these things, yeah. and it's like they don't always hit because there's just there's something. You know, like look, that's the alchemy. Of the business that you can't really fucking like you know like teach someone right but people do think that that successful people that they can teach it yeah yeah. like the people who love to talk about ten thousand hours when they've only put in 200 (laughs) yeah you know i mean i mean look to me 
the people who 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 I've met who are you know these 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 high stratosphere people, mm-hmm. I love hearing about their I mean like the point where I can conversation with them where they talk about their their failures mm-hmm. and, and 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 how they bounce back from that or like or if they couldn't bounce back from that like 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 that to me is the, how? is the more more interesting. Yeah story because mm-hmm. it's like hey this is someone that you think has got you know the big car and the, and the diamonds and the glitter but they're like here's the fairs that i have and this is how i went through it i mean that to me is the 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 true things you want to learn because the thing they tell you all the time is like you're probably going to have like this like this 90 percent failure rate in this business mm-hmm. with stuff that you're doing they're just, they just they they can't put everything on the air. They might license you. There's just there's so many ways that they can. There's so many things that you can't figure out because of the politics. Right. As to why they're gonna say no to something, right. you know, that might seem like the best thing for them to be doing. So <laughs> they might say no, and that is hard to come back. I mean, to, I mean, in, until you've been through it a few times, to you know, to to be able to be dispassionate about that, and and that's something that you gotta learn too. Is to, is like is to be dispassionate about the rejection. You know, which is, I mean, and be dispassionate about the success. success. Yeah. yeah. So, so let me ask you, Charles. So you, you said you didn't get your first break till you were thirty-five. Mm-hmm. What, what was that turn for you? What happened? Um. Were you working in a store? Or there was something. I remember. No, no. I heard. Oh, I love that several, story about the store. Yeah, yeah, yeah there was something. Like, Texas, something like that. <clears throat> was that gas, gas station? Yeah, that's what. It was. Oh, that. Yeah, that's when I was beating up people. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, that you know that actually, I, someone read a script of mine, mm-hmm. and I came out and and you know going to what the majority of this conversation um, is about is I wasn't prepared. I knew I wanted to be in the business, mm-hmm. but someone read my script and they brought me they brought me out here, and I had five meetings, mm-hmm. and uh, and. The first question that was asked of me by Vice President, I was 24, I think I was 24, mm-hmm. and I had written a, a Lethal Weapon ripo. Mm. And uh, and it got read, it got read, read by Warner Brothers, MGM, I think John Davis's company, um, a couple other places. Mm-hmm. And they all wanted to meet me. And I went to the first meeting and the person said, you know, we love your dialogue. And, Blah blah blah, mm-hmm. and, you know. So, what do you have next? And I said, nothing. I haven't thought of anything. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that that you know, no one had mm-hmm. prepared me to go in and say, I've got this, and <laughs> I've got that. You know, uh, and I subsequently learned it because I realized you you asked me how the shoot was going, the one that I just came off mm-hmm. of, and it's real interesting because. Let's look at uh, uh, a yardstick, right? three feet to a yard, right? Mm-hmm. It's interesting when you're around people who only know six inches of information. <laughs> they think that that six inch, inches of information is is all they need because it's all they know. Right. But if you know a yard's worth of information, mm-hmm. you look at the person who only knows six inches and you go, hey, you've got a lot to learn. But what the what the person who has the yard of information doesn't realize there's more than three feet in this world. <laughs> so this shit you got. Like, That's a good one. Yeah. Right? And so <laughs> every inch of information after that abject failure of coming out and having a chance to possibly start my screenwriting career mm-hmm. and then thinking, okay, I might not ever get that chance again. I had to realize 
games won by inches. Hmm. And the inches is the information that you have. And the information that you have, how do you turn that into knowledge and how do you turn that into actual right. movement? And it took me saying to myself, man, whatever you thought you knew, you don't know shit. Hmm. And it's going to take a long time to get it to get to a place where you think you can mingle with these people because you got to know how to even answer that goddamn question (laughs) and so from 24 to 35 uh you said 90 percent. i think i failed at like a 99 percent rate yeah but if you know maybe 99 and a half but there's Mm. always that half inch you know Mm -hmm. and so uh my connection to the business literally started over a puppy. Hmm. Guy's puppy on guy on the same block that I lived on. Um, he had a Dalmatian and Dalmatian didn't like anybody, but he came up to me one day and that started <laughs> a conversation between me and the guy. Hmm. And that guy turned out to be Titus Welliver, who was like yeah. the star of Bosch. Mm-hmm. And I told him, yeah, I'm interested in the business. And da, da, da. and so I would have these conversations with him. Were you in L.A. now? Yeah, I was living okay. on, um, I was living off of Third and La Brea. Okay. And uh, I was like in the middle of the block. He was on the corner. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a conversation one day where all I was talking about was, man, you can't get a chance in this business. You can't do this. You can't do that. And he said, hey, yo, are you going to complain your way into the business? <laughs> and I went, well, you don't understand the plight of And he goes, you think I don't have fucking plight? You don't, you know, and, and I thought about it and I said, he's absolutely fucking right. And I got to change my perspective. Mm. And I changed my perspective and, uh, and because of that, he he uh, introduced me to David Milch, mm. who created NYPD Blue for you people who don't know what a bookmobile is <laughs> and Deadwood. Still got their thumb in the mouth, sister. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so uh, I met Milch on a happenstance, and then I met him again a year later, and he asked me what I wanted to do. And I said, I want to be a writer. I want to write and direct for TV and film. Mm-hmm. And he said, send me some material. And I had been building up material when nobody was paying attention, mm-hmm. when nobody was looking, when nobody was patting me on the back, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. My, not nobody, but l- let me let me give a super fucking shout out to my ex-wife because my ex-wife challenged me too. Mm-hmm. She said, why don't you let them tell you no instead of you saying no f- for them? Mm-hmm. And, and I went, well, I'm going to prove you wrong. And literally uh, a week ago, I called her and mm. I said, I'm still trying to prove you wrong. I just ain't figured it out yet. <laughs> and off of the wind that she put in my back, in my sails or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, um, I kept, I just went back to drilling down and writing. Mm. The reason you say I'm the same person then as I am now is because my personage has nothing to do with my success. Hmm. My work ethic has everything to do with my success. My interaction with people who know I'm reliable and that I can be dependent on. Now, does being uh, 
affable and all that stuff have something to do with it? Yeah, that's but that's when it comes to relationships. That's mm-hmm. when you get to be Joe James Gunn and come back around mm-hmm. because of the relationships you have. But if you can't do the work, like one is yin and the other is yang, right? right? You you can be as affable as they come if you don't have the work ethic. Right. You'll find yourself in the same place as somebody who has the work ethic but can't relate. Right, right. <clears throat> but at that time, my enthusiasm was I was carrying the 12-year-old's dream mm. and I wasn't going to let the 12-year-old out. Mm. And so when I got the opportunity to be an assistant at Buffy, I took it. I learned from it. And then when Milch called and asked me if I wanted to uh, apprentice with him for his last season of NYPD Blue, I took it. I learned and 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 got handed my ass quite a bit of times. But I was like, of course, I'm supposed to get my ass handed to him because I don't know what these people know. And I didn't take age into account. And I didn't take ego into You can't talk to me like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, because I have to say, you can't talk to me like that, but I actually don't know what the fuck I'm talking about <laughs> as well. And then um, after that apprenticeship, I temped for three years. Yeah. I was a grown-ass man, temping. Mm. Baby, wife. You yeah, know. like a Malcolm Spellman moment where like three or four years went by. Well, the, Malcolm and I, you know, Malcolm, Michelle, yeah. and I, mm-hmm. We came out here together right. from the Bay. Mm-hmm. You know, a shell came out first. Um, uh, she's kind of the leader of the pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we used to put money together to buy pizza. <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. I lived on Cloverdale. They lived on Cochrane. I was right. constantly at their house mm-hmm. because I didn't know anybody. But what I know, and Issa Rae says this a lot, don't look up, look around. Mm. You know, and I say it to people, don't look up because those people have their own shit on their own plate. Mm -hmm. The people that are around you, that's where the buffet of life is. That's Mm -hmm. where Malcolm working where I think he was working for a video game company and I was assisting and temping and Shell was working as an assistant. We emboldened each, each other. You know, we were Dorothy and the Scarecrow right. and the Tin Man on the road, mm-hmm. you know. And so, once I attempt for three years, Janine Barrois came and saved me, mm. you know. But big sis, yeah, mm-hmm. we had known each other as assistants. Mm-hmm. We had become friends, and she called me one day and said, Third Watch is looking for uh, a writer of color. Do you have anything?" And I said, "Yeah, I got this NYPD blue spec." That, that was the hot spec. <laughs> yeah. right? mm-hmm. And and not only was it the hot spec, but I was in the environment. Right. So I knew. You knew exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so she introduced me to uh, her bosses, um, a guy named Scott Williams uh, and Ed Bernero, who had been mm-hmm. in the Bojko camp and had worked under Milch. Right. And because of that connectivity and my skill set, here's the thing. They liked my NYPD blue spec. They liked the short that I had written more. Mm. It had your voice in it. Exactly. Mm. You know, it was, just, it was a short film that I had written. Mm-hmm. And they hired me. Uh, and I went on and I was a staff writer, uh, story at, uh, what is it? Staff writer. Story editor. Story editor. Exactly. Yeah, story editor. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, 
and and then I thought, hey, this could be gravy, and then the show got canceled. And I hit the hit the streets <laughs> and uh uh and ended up on a show that <clears throat> I hated. Mm. The, the the writers were cool. The environment was toxic. And a lot of times people will say, hey, you know, if you're in this environment, you just, it's what you have to do. It's what you have to suffer through. Right. And, I, and I say no because it's always up, up against your wants. Mm. If, you, if, if being in an environment will, necess- will take you to what you want, which is not what you need, because mm-hmm. we don't need as much as we want. If it's up against what you want, then you'll put yourself through it. But I don't want much. Mm-hmm. And so I got the hell out of that environment mm-hmm. and wrote, uh, uh, took my ass home and told my, my wife, uh, yeah, I just quit that job. And she was like, wait, what? <laughs> and I said it was either that or I was going to put my hands on somebody mm. and so what I said to her was I think I've learned enough that I can write something that's in my voice and this was when the town was telling you that you couldn't write yep. pilots, original original mm-hmm. material but I, I was like again how you hear shit how you listen to the, to the, the grapevine so right. to speak Sean Ryan had written Shield. The Barn. Mm-hmm. Oh, The Barn, yeah, yeah, The Barn, yeah. Right, before it was called The Shield. Right. And I went, well, if he can do it. Mm-hmm. And my agents told me, you shouldn't do this. And I said, um, yeah, but I thought y'all work for me. <laughs> <laughs> me. <laughs> this is Charles, I love it. <laughs> and I wrote it, mm-hmm. and my agents shot it down, and my manager said, I think we can sell this thing. <clears throat> and sure enough, we set it up at A&E, and that one script changed the trajectory of my whole career. Mm-hmm. Because if I hadn't written that thing, I would have been beholden to what I think the business is, what I need the business to be. I need it to right. accept me. But that moment on that show, which I couldn't stand, showed me this you is need, what You needed to be with. on that show. Yeah. yeah. You, I needed to be on that show. I needed to be in a place where I was uncomfortable because the only way to get to uh, growth mm-hmm. is through uncomfortability. Right. right. And right. so that <clears throat> made me write that fucking script. And the crazy thing is I've written seven pilots, mm-hmm. eight pilots. <clears throat> yeah, eight. My people still send that damn script out. Still send that script out? Still. Actually, I have a script that people still send out from 20 got, years ago. No, but see, I got like three scripts that I wrote. Okay, so there's, yeah, there's two things about this that I love, right? Like one, it goes back to what you always say here mm-hmm. about write the script that people tell you not to write. Because it's, a, it, because it's from it's, here. It's, it, I mean, look, there's this. I have this thing on my wall about like um, every movie is made from an idea that this that someone someone wouldn't let die, mm. you know. And it's like and it's like there's certain stories that you want to tell that there's no one who's gonna like, you know, that is gonna like just like dissuade you from doing that, you know. But, but so there's that, and also Charles. I mean, I love the fact that it's like you know that there's the I think what you're saying about like the wants and the needs 
are so important, you know, because mm-hmm. people get on these shows and they get comfortable with that weekly money mm-hmm. and they're going, oh, my God, oh, my God, I can't I can't let this go, mm-hmm. you know, and they'll suffer through shit. They don't need to suffer through like you like like so many stories about bullshit that goes on in, in television rooms is because people fucking they want that money and they want to, like what it gives them. And there's like I, I, I think that when people want money, they don't really want money. <laughs> I, 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 what do you think they want? I, I think they they need their ego nourished. Yeah. yeah. There are there are so many examples, and and you know, for all of the folks who will say, "Oh, well, you're an executive producer," so right. you can say that. Right. If you know anybody who knows me, ask them how many jobs they've heard that I've turned down. <laughs> I've heard of at least three. In my, off the top of my head. Right. Yeah. Right. And, or walked away right. from. So <laughs> if it was just about being in a position now and being able to say that, right. hell, I turned down three this year. <laughs> 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 you know, and I'm not saying it to Brad. Yeah. I'm just saying that money money is like wanting this donut in front of me. Mm-hmm. If this donut wasn't in front of me, I wouldn't want it. Okay. If if everybody if you brought this donut in and I leaned over and I went, mm, <laughs> that ain't from Krispy Kreme. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm putting the value right, yeah. on <clears throat> this mm-hmm. because of what I've heard everyone else say. Right. And people need to understand you don't want money. You want what comes with it. Mm. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. You think, do you think that, what's the Greek freak's name? Giannis. Giannis. Do you think he's thinking about the $240 million deal he signed today <laughs> right. when he's down 0-2? Right. right. Mm-hmm. He ain't thinking about that. He's thinking about if I don't win this series, if these fuckers sweep us, I am a failure. Mm-hmm. But the two hundred and forty million dollars says that you're not. Mm. Mm. So people keep getting it twisted up. Mm-hmm. They want the things that come with the money that they think come with the money. They want the security. They want the acceptance. They want access. Right. Yep. And sometimes all that shit leads you to the worst. Yeah. Yeah. So once I started removing that kind of stuff from my brain, mm-hmm. once I started saying. The most important thing, again, this is why I tie it to that 12-year-old. The most important thing was when he was running around with his Super 8 camera and just wanted to point it at people and people go, get that camera out of my face, boy. (laughs) It was the fun that he had doing that. Mm. So when I get on sets or when I know when I'm getting ready to work on something, it accesses that. If you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. also means money will come. Right. Again, going back to the piece of white paper being more valuable than the $20 bill. Right. We keep thinking that the money's important. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question. Sure. And I hate to bring these names up. How's River Phoenix spending his money right now? He's not, He's not, not spending no money, money right but now. But it's still being made. Yeah. yeah. His huh. estate is still, still making money. Interesting. <clears throat> wow. Huh. Now, go down the list of names of people that you can think of who right. are in our age bracket that are no longer with us. Yeah. Mac Miller's people are still making money. How right. is Mac Miller spending that money right now? Mm. That's hmm. true. It's one of my DMX. DMX. That's, that's, yeah. that's bars right there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, 
if you if if there's anything you should focus on is putting yourself in the position to do what you want to do mm-hmm. and it might not be it might not be where you thought it would be mm-hmm. you know you're talking about where you i used to take pictures of buildings when i was 12. my brother would drive me around i'd just take pictures of buildings he goes why are you taking p- pictures of buildings i said george lucas had a building mm-hmm. i want one mm-hmm. I've sat as far from you as I as I am to you from George Lucas. Mm-hmm. And I looked at everything that he had. You know what he said? Mm-hmm. He said, you know the biggest problem? The studios don't pay attention to the little guy. And I went, who's the little guy? <laughs> and he went, me. Wow. And I went, oh, okay. <laughs> but the information that I mm-hmm. got from that is no matter where you are, that's where you think, think. is. Mm. Mm, I needed this one today. This is bars from me. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. So when he <laughs> sold off the company, because I was writing on Clone Wars at the time, mm-hmm. he sold off the company. We flew up. I sat down. I said, George, can I ask you a question? He said, yeah. I said, what does a $4 billion check look like? <laughs> As a joke, right? <laughs> and he went, they don't give you checks. Wow. <laughs> they just transferred the money. money. They just <laughs> transferred the money. <laughs> and then that made me think this. Wow. Imagine if both of you were making over a million dollars and you never saw it. Mm. Mm. That's why you gotta have some bullion in your mm. house sitting that. around. Yeah, that's <laughs> sitting that's around. Deep, Charles. You that's need deep. some bullion in your house though. Then where's yeah. your where's your value? Huh. Right, because it's going to go to your reps. Mm-hmm. It's going to go to your business manager. It's going to go. All you're going to know is, it, w- and when I say I need donuts, donuts will appear. Mm-hmm. How do you learn how to value that? Mm. Right. Well, there's a lot to that about like how do you value things. I mean, look, I remember this guy, this wealthy guy that I know, put some money. The guy who put money into architects. Mm-hmm. He'd always say to me, he was like, "Money's commodity." You know? No, it's not. You are the company. No, well, well, I mean, what, what, what the thing he was saying was that's that, where people get it wrong. Well, no, this let me finish what I'm saying. But so, okay. he's, so what he's saying is, is I mean, I, he's like, like the money, you know, keeps flowing, mm-hmm. and it'll come to you, you know, and, and it'll go away from you, you know. So, so you know, it's up to you to figure <laughs> out, you know, like do your thing, so the so so the money comes to you like when you want it, mm-hmm. you know. But he's but his, but his main thing was. You got to get you right, mm-hmm. and if you understand, you know, like who you are and what you want to do, the, the money will come. It's just that I think people want people chase the money so hard because they think that that is like the final destination, right? Because that's what it, their parents it, have taught them. Yeah. that's what their grandparents have taught them. That's what it, the it, here's the thing: go on a rich person's Instagram. Mm-hmm. Do you think you're responding to the things that they have, or do you think that you're responding to the feelings that they are? emitting mm. because they have these things right, right? Mm-hmm. so if you went to an instagram page of rich super powerful people looking glum mm-hmm. looking like the world was ending because they do have those feelings yeah. too yeah. yeah do you think you would want this shit? no <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah what does a photographer tell you to do mm. when they want to take your picture smile smile mm-hmm because you have to make this scene right. worthwhile. Right. So you are not responding to the money. You're responding to the feeling that that person is giving. Mm. 
And that's why when you get into like different cubby holes, when you see like farmers and shit and blue collar people who are like just like happy as fuck, <laughs> you right. go, well, why they why they happy? Right. Why are they happy? They only, that dude only making like fifty thousand dollars a year. Mm -hmm. It's like only to you is everything to that person, right. and he got to get his Cadillac or whatever, buy his wife a new couch mm -hmm. or something like that. So there's a value displacement that keeps us tied to the things that we don't need about this business. It's true because, and you know this too, you know, I go, I, we, both, we all have a lot of friends in this industry and what I've learned is my most successful people that I know are driving around in Priuses and shit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They're not driving fancy cars and all. Nope. They, especially if it's old money, new money goes and gets a Lamborghini and all that other stuff. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? But that's that's interesting. Uh, and unless you're thinking about it like Rick Ross, like Rick Ross says, yeah, I got 100 cars, but they're going to pay me $10,000 to put five of my cars in front of. Yeah. But we don't learn money mm -mm. in this business. Mm -hmm. mm -mm. And we don't learn it from our parents. You walk in the room, your mama's writing a check to pay the bill, and you right. go, what you doing, mama? I'm paying the bills. Right. Well, what's that? I ain't got time to talk to you. <laughs> you have doomed me. Right. <clears throat> so when I'm in my 20s, and I'm looking at my first checkbook, mm -hmm. oh, I ain't got no money in there, but if I write it, and then, you know, if I could put money in before it bounces and all this other kind of <laughs> shit, you're not understanding the concept of using money. This is why I keep saying the commodity thing. When you think that the money is more important than you, if I take a million bucks and put it in a hole, mm -hmm. what's it gonna be in 10 years? Mold. A million bucks. Mm -hmm. Molded million bucks. Mm -hmm. I can put that money in the hole and go out and make another million. Right. And then put that money somewhere and go out and make another million. They Ain't nobody giving me a check just because Somebody gave me a check. Right. <clears throat> right. If I don't put my brains and my fingers to work, hmm. that flow stops. Hmm. So then what's more important? Me or the money? You. And keeping the brain void. And 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 and, and asking for more white sheets of paper. <laughs> asking for all the white sheets. I, I steal white, white sheets of paper. paper. Let me tell you. I stole <laughs> so, so many reams oh, of paper. I did that too. That's typical. From this. that job, I couldn't stand. I didn't run out of paper until two years ago, <laughs> and that was like like I went. I got a. I had a a Ford Escalade or whatever the fuck it was, yeah. or Escapade. I don't know what the fuck it was. <laughs> and I I put a whiteboard in the back, <laughs> and two or three boxes. <laughs> Of three-hole punch. That's hilarious. And I went, thank y'all. And drove my ass home and said, now I have to fill these up. And let me tell you, I was looking at something. I'm going to show you something. Okay. <clears throat> you got it right? Okay. Okay. You see all of them? Mm-hmm. I've written all of them. Oh. Those are books? Yeah, those are books that I've adapted. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. None of them have gotten me, quote unquote, rich. Mm -hmm. But my work has begat other work. Right. So, again, 
there's lots of money out there. Mm-hmm. Lots of money out there. I could have. I could have. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. There's so much money. I mean, it's, it's a wash in money. Exactly. Like, people just don't realize that. It just, but it's, people don't know what to do with it. Yeah. People don't know how to approach it. People don't know how to conquer it. Mm. And once you see these, like you see these fucking like Buddhists, or you see these like people who have like turned away from material things, and material whatnot. things, mm-hmm. and and you go, how the fuck is that dude happy? He he got like he turned a. Uh, 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 one of those shipping crates into a house. <laughs> he goes running like four hours a day, yeah. and he and his wife go and sit at the beach. And yeah. They eat off the land and shit. They and eat off the land. Dumpster diving. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Now dumpster diving, I ain't into. But when you watch those people, you have to not be dismissive of them, mm-hmm. because when you're dismissive of them, you're losing knowledge when you're losing knowledge that means you're falling into ignorance when you fall into ignorance the people who you you know you do understand that the people who market in this business market to the people who are in this business as well as they do to the people that For they sure. want to come and see the movies yes. so if they tell you hey you can't make a movie for three hundred thousand dollars <laughs> like they'll tell you right now you can't make a movie for three hundred thousand dollars right and i go okay well john sales did it back in 1982, mm-hmm. five. On film. On film. <laughs> right. Spike did it for 186,000. Right. Paranormal Activity was made for 60,000. Mm-hmm. El Mariachi, 25 G's. Right. And they'll still look you dead in the eye and go, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. What they're saying to you is, you can't do it without us. Mm. And we'll give you money to do it with us. Right. And then at a certain point, you'll be like, man, I feel like I was never in charge of my career. Because you took that money mm-hmm. and you didn't realize mm-hmm. that you were the commodity. Mm-hmm. Like Matt Cherry, yeah. like Ava, right. like Issa, like mm-hmm. Lena. Lena. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You, you've seen them all. Mm-hmm. All, of up them. Close to, I, up all, all of them. All of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did any of them start out with money? Nope. I, t- I tell people the story about me and Lena talking. She's like, I might have to move back to Chicago. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. And three months later, boom. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But but what they were in control of, mm-hmm. them. But she was like, but I have a feeling mm-hmm. she still was sure. Yes. Because she was, she was very sure, sure. In her, yep. she was a commodity. Right. That's what you got to be like really, really in charge of. And that's the thing about, we always talk about like, what can you control and what you can't control. Right. And what you can control is what you feel <clears> about you inside your confidence and your work mm-hmm. because that's the, that's really the only thing you can control you know yeah. i mean and 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 who you are has to do with being affable and stuff like that so you can make so you can make these these points all come together at the right time at the right place but you have to be able to work on that stuff and you need to be working on that because that's what you can work on mm-hmm. and you can't work on any of this stuff you can't i mean you know, there's certain relationships that you want to have, like the thing about the Jesus want to touch the cup. Like you want to have that relationship, right. but if you're not in the position to to maximize that, it doesn't matter if you if you can get that. Right. You know, I mean, so you know, like like you definitely got to make sure that you are aware of who you are, and part of that is like the thing with Lena is, is, is like, look, this town will punch you in the jaw. And when you're falling down, will kick you in the nuts and mm-hmm. then kick you in the jaw again when you're on the ground mm-hmm. because that's what this town likes to do. The question is, do you have the resilience to get back up? 
and get hit again. And the uterus and the breast. Yes. So we, <laughs> yeah. you know, we ain't leaving nobody yeah, out. Leave it's 2021. Yes, yes, yes. So while I have you on, Charles, let me just ask you this. When you are playing the role of co-EP, how do you, because, and I'm not sure if this is what actually happens now. Maybe you're just straight rolling in the in the showrunner lane now. But it's sometimes maybe you go back and forth. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> or Because I know a lot of showrunners still like, well, that's my dude. I'll, or that's my girl. I'm going to roll with her. And I'll be her number two. And I believe you still do that sometimes. Sometimes. So um, how do you roll back and forth between that? And, and what have you learned now being a showrunner rolling out, you know, when you're working on shows? You mean going to be the number two at times? Yeah. Um, it's, it, listen, it's, it's <laughs> you know who Judy Garland is mm-hmm. over there? <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I know the name. You know Judy Garland? Know you know Mickey name. Rooney? Yeah. They they were around before Book Mobiles, I'm just saying. <laughs> 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 yeah, they, you, you know how their movies used to be like, uh, we're putting on a show. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think about it. titles, I hate titles. Okay. I, I hate them because they can put you in a position that you're not ready for. Mm-hmm. They they make you act a certain way if you accept them. Okay. And sometimes you'll be ignorant of the position, but you your ego will say that you have to pretend when there are people around you who are willing to help, mm-hmm. but you just have to show that you're willing to help. So I don't think about titles. You know, EP, I still work for the studio and the network. Co-EP, I still work for the studio and the network, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, And if I do it, uh, like you said, I do it for my mans and them. And if I do that, then I'm not thinking about my title. I'm thinking about how to help steady the ship for the person that I'm working with. You know, He was shooting one of his many well-done web series, Gino, mm-hmm. I'm talking about. And I showed up on his set. <laughs> what did I do? Um, you <laughs> jumped in immediately and asked me, what do you need help with, one. And then two, the thing that I needed help with, I didn't think he would do, but he did. I didn't have... Um, at that time, at the resources, I didn't have a dolly. Okay. So to get the shot that I wanted, I had to be in a a rocking chair, <laughs> a wheelchair, a wheelchair. wheelchair. And um, couldn't Charles, move no rocking chair. <laughs> Charles, uh, a wheelchair. Charles, Charles was your dolly dude. Was my dolly dude. <laughs> That's funny. As I got the shot. Yeah. That's cool. See, I, here, hold on. Let me just say this really quick, really quick, because well, I've already told you this before. Yeah. But Gino has come on one of our sets before. You know, I was producing, Chris was directing, mm-hmm. and um, and anywhere somebody needed Gino, he was there. He was there. And I told him, I said, this is like the perfect motherfucker. So when he when success started happening, mm-hmm. I was like, I wasn't surprised Thank you, man. at all because you were exactly, you drop it, somebody else picks it up. You're the guy who picked it up for somebody. And that's a good thing. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no that's what I was going to say. I was going to say yeah. the same thing. I mean, it's one of those things where, I mean, like that night you came down on the roof and I've, I, I mean, like I really mm-hmm. appreciated that because I feel like, look, you, know, yeah, you were just floating all over the place. I, I, yeah. I, I, like, if you say to a friend of yours, I'm going to come help you out, if it, like, if you're truly being a friend, then your ego can't be like, I ain't doing that. Exactly. Right. Helping you out. Right. It's right. like, I'm I, I'm going to help you out because right. what you, 
I mean, I mentioned this to you before. It's like, you know, you can't have people who are actively sabotaging your project. And you can get people like that on there mm-hmm. who will be sabotaging it, like, inadvertently. So you need people around that you can trust mm-hmm. and who aren't going to, like, you know, who not going to bitch it. Like, you know, I, you know what? I got to do the grip work today or yep. I got to do the PA work today. Because yep. if you're the true friend for someone and you volunteer to come, right. that's what you have to be comfortable doing. Mm-hmm. If you're not comfortable doing that, don't volunteer to come. You know, they, like, like, like that's yeah. your mistake. I don't need somebody just hanging around and say, eating, mm-hmm. eating that fucking eating practice and, and, and trip. Eating and because they're just trying to see what you do, to yeah, take like, what you, know, you do, to see right. it could be done so they could try to apply it for themselves. Right. Taking not, photos really, and shit like they've been on the set. They're not there to help you Because the thing is, this is the thing, you know, Directing a movie or a TV show is not really like a complicated skill set if you've prepared for it yeah. and done it. I mean, and, and 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 if you watch someone doing it, it's not going to prepare you from the pressure of like what's happening with 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 dealing with the people. Right. And I'm doing this shot now, but I got to think about the not the next shot, but the shot after that. Yeah. You know, and that's something that you can't pick up from watching someone. You yeah. know, yeah. so I mean, and 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 that's and and making the decisions and and the triage of all that. Like that is so much of what the 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 demeanor is. That if you come to someone sit and watch them work, it's like 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 you're not gonna know that. You're not gonna know about mm-hmm. the budget problems. You're not gonna know about right. the all the other pockets going on. You right. know, and you can't. And that's where it's like. I mean, and 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 that's where being a director. I mean, like like like. If you understand that, that is a lot of what you know can make or break you as a director. Like mm-hmm. not understanding that, but that's but that's not something that you can like see from from observation and go, oh, I'm gonna come and hang out. You know, yeah, I, I take it as simple as this too. Um, I saw Charles do something else. Um, you, as a director, you shouldn't. I shouldn't feel like I have to check in and make sure you're okay. Even that's that's a no. pressure. I've seen Charles <laughs> come, come support another well to do writer director and just chilled like do you bro i'm here hanging out you don't have to worry about me i'm straight you know don't even send your people over here to me kind of thing like and um so for me with you it's your um, day it's your day what do you mean mm-hmm. the meaning yeah. like that's what it's yeah, like it's no, your, is, that's exactly what day. i was about to say exactly. so for me yeah. it was all about well, it was y'all day, but no. But I mean, that's the, from his point of view. From his point of view, yeah, yeah. but in my instance with y'all, right. it, and more specifically for Chris, because mm-hmm. he asked me, sure. or I told him that I would love to be a part of it. He said, "This is what I need if you mm-hmm. can come this day." And um, it's it's about you winning. It's about relieving whatever pressures that you have. Now that I've directed TV, it's all about managing egos and putting out fires and getting ahead of things before they actually come. Right. Yeah. And um, so. With that, I've learned all those things by being around, one, doing my own thing, mm-hmm. but two, um, people coming and being selfless of themselves and not worrying and not allowing me to even have to worry about if you're good over here. Because right. that's, that's, that's a small pressure in itself. So Totally agree. Yeah. And it's, it's like um, I was at an event the other day. Uh, I had to go to, to the Bay. One of my homeboys passed. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, we all were at the event, and his girl – was was like in kind of in the corner who I came with my, my my best friend and his girl and she was like in the corner and I walked over to her because my my homeboy is like blah, 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 you know with everybody and she's like and I was like and they just started dating and I was like don't take this personally this is his day he's on 
<laughs> you know what I mean? He ain't seen these people in 30 years. Mm-hmm. Don't take this home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Don't this take is, it home. This isn't about you right now. Right. He's just excited to see his boys. He ain't seen us in 30 years. This ain't about you. Mm-hmm. So stay here in the corner for an hour or two mm-hmm. if that's what you choose to do. But please know this isn't about you. Right. You know what I mean? But so it's in the same spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, of that, you know, about being aware of when, like, I'm the type of people, and my husband knows this a lot, we'll go to a big, like, Paris, or have a party or something, and I'll go to the house, and I'll roll through, say hi to everybody, and walk out the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I'm like, it's their day. Then they don't even remember right. <laughs> that I was here. Yeah, I was good for <laughs> hitting the door Yeah, and being out in 15 minutes. <laughs> like, what's up? Y'all good? All right. Exactly. Yeah, man. I got to go right. <laughs> Bye. What's next for you, Gino, of, before you um, Yeah, I'm headed to uh, a table read right now nice. um, for a project that I'm considering to be, I'm being, well, they want me to direct it. Okay. Um, I've read the script. I want to hear it out loud. And it's around the corner. Um, so, so it's a horror genre film. Ooh. Yeah, it's going to be shot in the South. That's my favorite my favorite yeah. genre. I just never get to write it anymore. I'm Now I'm writing historical movies and shit. But yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, Tammy Mack, if you guys are familiar with her, she's um, it's her and her husband pulling it together. Okay. Tell Tammy I said that. Yeah, so I'm headed over there. Uh, Table read starts at 105. So. Nice. But thank y'all, man. Yeah, man um, thanks for been, coming it's on. It's been a blessing. <clears throat> um, Tell people where you can follow where they can follow you. So. Oh, yeah. Um, it's your boy, Gino Brooks. <laughs> And I'm leaving the building, um, but you can In follow. Me. <laughs> but you can follow me at at Gino Brooks. That's G E N O um, Brooks TV on all platforms, um, specifically Instagram, and yeah, and my new YouTube channel. Oh, okay, <laughs> personal YouTube channel. Exactly. Thank y'all, brothers. No, no, no problem. Time. No problem. <clears throat> no. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you a little bit more about that later while I'm doing it, too. <laughs> All right, we'll talk, Gino. Yes, sir. Thank you all for the opportunity. Chris and I still got to talk to you about this project we have at some point. Please, so, please. For sure. Chris, man, thanks for everything, bro. Yes, man. Yes. All right, man. Have a good one. All right, brother. <clears throat> um, so, Charles, let me just ask you before we let you go. Mm. Um, um, what's, what's, what's next for you that you can talk about? You know, like, Can you talk about the project you just shot? Or is that still... Oh, no, yeah. Um, I just uh, made a movie with um, Omar Epps, mm-hmm. uh, Vanessa Bell Calloway, Glenn Turman, Michael Ely, Theo nice. Rossi, BJ Britt, Ashley Williams. That's nice uh, uh, uh Keisha Epps, her first acting role. Okay. Uh, I'm missing somebody. They're going to get mad at me. <laughs> um but it's a script that I wrote like seven years ago. I went to Omar mm-hmm. and pitched it to him. <clears throat> an idea that I'd been living with for like 25 years at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, about um, snitching. <laughs> put it simple. Uh, and uh, and Omar said, you write it. And if it's good, we'll do it. And, mm. and you know, it took six years. Mm-hmm. We finally got financing. And uh, we shot it. Uh, in June. Nice. Uh, and right now, it was called Brother's Keeper. Now it's called The Devil You Know. Did you direct that one too? You pretty- I wrote it and directed nice. it. You know. Nice. I'm going to say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room So you wanna be a writer, 
rider Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd Has got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening Your pen and words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Red Room